presence There is joy Beyond measure And that he Praise God, praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Glad you could join us today. Let us go straight to prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just praise you. Just magnify thy most glorious name, O Lord. We thank you so much for this day of life that you've given us, O Lord God. And we pray that as we go forward today in the study of your word, O Lord God, you shall open our eyes and ears that we may see and hear and understand your word, O Lord. We pray that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is here today or tonight, O Lord God, listening to this word, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. We praise you, Lord God. We give this time and this space and tally over to you, O Lord God. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Praise God. Again, I say welcome to Genesis 1. I'm glad you could join us and right out the box here, if you don't have your Bible, why don't you go grab it, put this on pause, go grab your Bible and bring a pad and pencil and perhaps take some notes and do some highlighting in your Bible and join us as we uh, study the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay, well today I want to separate um, fact from myth. I want to separate fact from fiction concerning an important aspect of this time, time of year. Uh, today many people dabble in the mystical arts including so-called innocent horoscopes. Uh, astrology is popular. It always has been popular. Uh, I remember at one time and everything, if you went to a party or any kind of social gathering, one of the first things a, a person said when you first met them there at the party, well, what sign are you? What sign are you? You know, and you'd go and talk about whatever sign you are and comparing the similarities. That was kind of the in thing to do. Well, things haven't changed. People are still very much into, into the occult. Okay, but the, the, the question is that is there anything wrong with being involved in the occult? And in these practices, okay, and you can probably guess where this message is going uh, for this time of year. And the answer is yes, uh, God does. God takes a very clear position uh, on this subject, uh, strongly denouncing uh, these areas, these areas of practice, practice in the occult and, and things of the dark arts, as innocent as they may seem. God created us. God created us, and therefore he owns us. God owns you. God owns me. He has a right to set the rules for our lives. God's word indicates clearly that these practices are part of Satan's strategy of evil tricks and deception designed to lead us astray. Satan and his demeanors are real beings set on our destruction. They're real beings. Okay, God talked about, about uh, Satan in the Bible. Jesus talked about Satan in the Bible. All right, so therefore he is real and his, his greatest uh, 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 weapon is to make us think that he's not real. There are some people believing that things of, of the supernatural are just innocent little things. You know, Christians are warned to put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. Let's go to Ephesians 6. Uh, verse 11. Let's go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. six verse number 11. And it says, Ephesians 6, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Underline that word wiles there, okay? And what are some of the wiles or tools of wickedness in high places that are used, okay? And some of those wiles or trickery or deceptions is, of course, uh, occultic practices, all right? Occultic practices. And what are occultic practices? This is what God told Israel, okay, about occultic practices. Go to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 18. And we want to start with verse number 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. When you come into the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of the nations. So what God was telling Israel there, when you go into this land that I'm going to give you, there are a bunch of heathens there, there are a bunch of pagans there, and they have certain practices and certain rituals and certain things that they do. You, Israel, are not to do that. 
okay? That word still stands for us today as modern-day Christians, all right? We are in a world that is filled with still, yeah, pagans there. They're filled with, with unbelievers and non-believers out there, and we are not to do as those that are around us do, all right? There are many things going on in the world around us that God would not have us involved in. It's as simple, as simple as that. Times have not changed, you know, from what he was talking, what God was talking about here way back when ancient Israel was going into the promised lands, that, that there are things that those, the practices that those people are doing, you are not to do. God goes on to say in verse number 10, there shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or daughter to pass through the fire or that uses divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch. Okay, now let's pause there for a moment. Where it says there, you shall not, uh, there shall not be any found among you that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire. Okay, the pagans back then worshipped a god named Moloch. Okay, Moloch. All right, and the part of the ritual there was to sacrifice a baby, to sacrifice your child or your daughter to the God, to this God, okay, through fire, okay, to actually kill your baby by putting it through the fire and dedicating it to this God, Moloch. So God says there shall not be found any among you that does that, makes a son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination or an observer of times, an enchanter or a witch, or a charmer or a consultant with familiar spirits, or a wizard or a necromancer, all right? Those first ones, they're divination or an observer of times. That's anyone that's using, you know, tea leaves, uh, 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 stargazing, crystal gazing, palm reading, all of those things that you see and that you've read about and you think are, uh, are such harmless things. Tarot cards, Ouija boards. I'm sure many of you out there even know the dangers of Ouija boards, okay? Spirits are real. The demonic kingdom is real. And we are not to be dabbling around in those things because you open all sorts of doors upon yourself. Amen? So that's what it's saying. Observer of times, an enchanter or a witch, which is obvious, a charmer, consulted with familiar spirits, okay? We do not be having seances trying to be calling on people that are dead, all right? We do not try to call on people that are dead, okay? Okay? If you, you know the Lord, ask them from the body present with the Lord, okay? And so that they're not roaming around on this earth, and you're not to be trying to call them to call them back, or a wizard, or a necromancer. A necromancer is anyone that practices talking to the dead, or performing rituals with the dead, dealing with dead bodies, okay? That's what a necromancer is, and God is telling us clearly not to be involved in those things. God goes on to say in, in verse number 12, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. All that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God does drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God has not suffered thee to do so, or has not allowed thee to do so. Okay? So God is saying right there again, For these nations which thou shalt possess, hearken unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God has not allowed you to do so. Okay? So where we are living today, right around us, there's a lot of this going on. There's a lot of it going on. You know? And you really don't know what's going on in someone's life. You know? I mean, you may know you think you know your next door neighbor. You don't know whether or not uh, in their off times or in their, in their spare time or whether they think it's fun to be consulting a Ouija board or playing around with tarot cards. You know, you, you really don't know, but God is just telling us to make sure that we knowingly and wittingly are not to be involved with that. Now, if you do find out that your next door neighbor or someone in the family, for that matter, you know, is dabbling in these arts, playing with these occultic things, these very dangerous occultic things, they're messing around with Ouija boards and tarot cards, okay? God says we are to distance ourselves. We are not to do as those that are around us are doing, okay? God is crystal clear on that, okay? Okay, when thou come unto the lamps, the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. And we see that going on today. Now, I just want to ask you for a minute. Why do you think I'm talking about the wiles of the devil and the occult? Because of this time of year, okay? Because of this time of year. And it's Halloween. It's Halloween, okay? Now, the minute you hear that, I dare say some people will, will want to, to turn off from this message and want to, to, to uh, shut down the podcast because Halloween is indeed such a popular thing today, all right? But I'm saying to you today that there's a lot more out there than you, than you think, okay? It is not as innocent as you would be led to believe, amen? Amen. So I encourage you, don't turn off. Listen to this. If, if you're unsure, if you're uncertain, or even if you've heard um, this message again about Halloween, you know, if you happen to tune here today, maybe the Lord wants you to listen to it again to, because uh, there are things going on 
everyone around us right now, you know. Uh, this is uh, uh, the, the 24th of October and Halloween is next week. And the Lord put it on my spirit to preach this message before next week because Halloween happens to fall on a Sunday. Amen. So this way it gives you some time to think about what you're going to hear here today and to do some research yourself. Read the Bible, pray on it, let Holy Spirit minister to you, okay? And if you have children, this is that this message is particularly important if you have children. And even if you don't, it's important too because there are others that are around us that are dabbling in these arts and we do not want those people affecting us or what they're doing affecting us as children of the living God. Amen. Amen. The Bible gives us some insights as to how deception is used to influence people. The Bible gives us some insights into that. You don't have to read very far into the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, to discover the creature who so-called invented, you know, invented, if you will, the philosophy behind this thing that we call trick-or-treating. Amen. Let's go to Genesis 3. Genesis chapter 3. Okay, Genesis chapter 3. And we want to start with verse number 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Okay, now it starts there. The serpent was more subtle, okay, or, 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 or more devious, if you will, okay, in the form that Satan had had rendered this creature to become, because um, there is no indication that the serpent back then uh, 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 slithered on his belly at this particular point. Okay, the serpent did not slither on his belly until Genesis verse 14, where God, this was after, after the, the fall, after the curse had come upon, come upon Adam and Eve, and God said to the serpent, you shall crawl on your belly all the days of your life, so to speak. And uh, I'm going to just jump there just momentarily. Uh, verse number 14 says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou shalt... Thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. So at this point here in verse number one, going back to verse number one, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord thy God had made. At this particular point, point, there's nothing in the Bible that says that at this point the serpent was slithering on his belly. He may have been some other creature. creature. Okay, but being that he was subtle, meaning that he had some guise, you know, he had some, some ways of, uh, of charming Eve, so to speak. Uh, she certainly wasn't afraid of him because she engaged in conversation, okay? So, and then verse number two says, and the woman said, well, for verse number one, yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And verse two, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. You shall not, not surely die. Okay, now right away what he's doing there is he's contradicting God's word. God told you, Adam and Eve, you shall not eat of that tree. But what the devil comes in and says, Oh, no, 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 it, it's okay. You won't die. You won't die. Same thing happens to us regarding Halloween, okay? Oh, we shouldn't be participating in things that are occultic and so on. Oh, but this is okay. It's, it's, it's harmless fun. We're not going to get into any trouble by engaging in that. The devil does the same thing with us today. You know, look at the kiddies. They're going to be crying if you don't let them go trick-or-treating. It's okay for you to go. It doesn't matter that it's involving the background history and uh, uh, witches and dark forces and so forth like that. It, it's okay. It's okay. Let them go. Verse number four, and the serpent said unto the woman, and you shall not surely die. Verse 5, For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Okay, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Okay, now what this is doing here is, is the devil is saying, I'm giving you some knowledge apart from what God told you to do. You see, and that's the danger there. The danger is whenever we are trying to get knowledge from a source other than God, then we wind up getting ourselves into a whole lot of trouble. God is our source of knowledge. God is our source of information. God is the one that directs our lives, not someone or anything else. So when people start telling you, well, it's okay, we let our kids do it, that does not mean that you should be doing it because you know what the Word of God says. It's right there written in front of you. God tells us what we as His children should be doing, what we should be participating in. So don't let someone else come along and say, oh yeah, verily, you shall not die. God said, don't eat of that tree. But yet still the devil said, it's okay, it's okay, okay? For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, underline that, pleasant to the eyes, because there we go now, you see that 
that shiny object, dangling that shiny object, pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And he did eat. Okay? So here we see now, this is, is Satan playing on the senses. Playing on the five senses. The tree was pleasing to the eyes. And that's the way Satan works in our lives. These are these are some of his wiles, you know, some of the tricks that he does, some of the deception. Satan will dangle something in front of your face and say, this is good for you to do. This is okay for you to do. Don't worry. God's not going to be mad at you. God's not going to punish you. When God said this, he actually meant so-and-so-and-so. -and -so. God says exactly what he, what, he, what he wants to say to us. God tells us, Holy Spirit ministers to you and talks to you personally. Okay, you knowing God is talking to you, you knowing God is talking to you. Don't let someone else, don't let Satan in the form of someone else, you know, a co-worker, a peer, a family member even come along and say to you, it's okay to do this, okay? You surely won't be into trouble, okay? You know what God says about 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 engaging in the occultic practices of those in the world that are around us, okay? And I'm going to get to in a, in a little bit here why we're saying occultic practices uh, linking to Halloween when all of this is supposed to be such innocent fun. You know, when you're dressing up as a little, little little prophet, or as some churches will have the kids do to make excuses, dressing up as a little prophet or something else, that we're not doing the devil's work here. You know, we're doing doing God-related things. Okay, there's things things are a lot more deeper than you think going on at this time of year. Okay, everything everything in existence, you know, deals with the spirit realm. Everything. You've heard me say a million times, you know, for every physical action, there's a spiritual uh, action, okay? For every physical action that happens in this world, there's a spiritual action that's in this world because it is the spirit realm that drives the natural realm, okay? So those things in the spirit realm are very, very real. real. This is why God told Israel, when you get into those nations where those people are, you shall not do as they do. God had a reason for saying that. God knew the dastardly things that they were involved in. They certainly weren't worshiping him. Okay, they weren't worshiping God. They were working. They they, they were worshiping a pantheon of, of of other gods. You know, a god for the moon, a god for the sun, a, a god for the trees. I mean, you name it. And they had and they had a god. Okay, even today, even today, there are those that have these saints that they pray to. You know, you know, Saint So and So is the patron saint of So and So. Saint So and So is the patron patron saint of So and So. And they actually said you should be praying to these saints when you when you are in need. You should be praying to these saints when you are are are, are ill. Okay, God says that we only pray to him in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't pray to any saints, we don't pray to anything else. But these are these these are some of the deceptions that the world just accepts readily today and they don't even question. But God lays out in his word specifically how we should be worshiping him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. But to get back to this because I don't want to stray too far, but but Eve saw Eve saw that the fruit that Satan told her was okay to eat. She saw the fruit in that it was pleasing to the eyes, okay? And that's how Satan gets us. He gets us through our senses. This is a fun thing to do. This is a nice thing to take your kitties to. Watch what your kitties do. And as us, we adults, you know, as we go to the, to the Halloween parties, the same thing. Look how much fun that'll be. You can dress up as this. You can dress up, dress up as that. Go there. You can have a ball. It's appealing to the senses, okay? We walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, and that's walking by sight is really referring to all of our senses. We don't let 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 uh, sensory perceptions, our sensory perceptions, perceptions, our sensory input, the things that we see, touch, taste, smell, and hear. You know how good something makes us feel. We don't go by that in our lives. You, you know, to 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 to, um, to guide what we do. We walk by faith. We walk. We walk by the word of God. We walk by the word of God in all things. So we see right here in the very beginning, Satan used deception. To trick Eve, and, and and then she, of course, told Adam. Okay, okay, he deceived Eve, but Adam followed along along after Eve, after Eve ate. Okay, and it plunged mankind into into sin. It plunged mankind into into a separation from God. Okay, all right, and so that's where we see it. It's his goal. It's Satan's goal uh, uh, to to make evil seem good. Okay, and that's what's happening today. His goal is to make what is evil, according to the word of God, to make it seem good. And we have those that are around us that tell us the same thing. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. Okay? And that should sound very familiar to you. He started by placing doubt into her mind. That's what Satan does now. And he convinced her that the forbidden fruit wasn't really forbidden. Then he tried to convince her that eating the fruit would be good. He lied to her, simply lied to her. You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, that your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Okay, she was tricked, and she took the treat. She ate the fruit. She didn't realize she had been tricked until it was too late. 
You don't want to be tricked, saint of God. And then wind up finding out that it was too late. You did what you did and you opened the door to something. You opened the door to something that entered into your life and everything started going downhill. Okay? This trick, quote unquote, this trick that Satan played on Eve is at the very root of trick or treat in Halloween because it's the same very deception that's going on right now in you parents right now. Okay? It's the same deception. There is a deception out there that people believe that participating in Halloween is innocent and harmless because they're only letting their kids dress up and enjoy some candy, okay? However, Halloween is steeped in the occult, and at the root, there is a spiritual reality that many believe and many think is harmless. The whole idea is fun and costumes that are pleasing to the eye, as the fruit was pleasing to Eve's eye, okay? Okay, they think the costumes and the festivities that go along with it is pleasing to the eye, and it's so much fun, but it's counter to what God is, the roots of what, what this is all about is counter to what God has told us to do. And at the root, those connected with the occult world desire to have power and control like God. They are willing to dabble in forms of witchcraft because they, that they like the feeling of power and the independence that it produces, okay? The so-called or the believed uh, independence that it produces, okay? Because they think that through power, I'm talking about real rich witchcraft here, and those that dabble in the occult, they think that to be able to know things that are not supposed to be known by man outside of God is a good thing because it gives them a sense of power, okay? Halloween is undeniably connected with the occult and paganism. And unfortunately, today, in this country, contemporary paganism is growing in popularity. Today, there are anywhere from 1 million to 2 million people practicing paganisms in the United States. Okay, they call it neo-paganism or new paganism. They call it Wiccan. Uh, there's a whole other host of names, but the bottom line, they're dabbling in things here that the Bible tells us that we should not be dabbling in. All right. These practitioners understand the realities of the spirit realm, and they take spiritual realities very, very seriously. Okay, these people are not playing around. Okay, we Christians sometimes, many of us Christians, really, really, really in our heart of hearts don't believe the, um, the validity and the power of the spirit realm, or that the spirit realm even exists. We go to church, we read our Bible, and we're even praying to God, but we really don't stop and believe what God is telling us when he tells us to beware. The spiritual realm is real. Well, these practitioners of darkness, of the occult practices, they know that the spirit realm is real, and they take it very, very, very seriously. They understand that Satan exists and is very real. They understand that God and Jesus spoke of the devil throughout the Bible. I said that before, okay? These, those that practice the occult, they understand the spirit realm is real and that it exists, okay? And they take no, they, they don't waste any time at all. As a matter of fact, they expend considerable energies um, in delving in these occultic practices, all right? And they, they believe it's real, but we, we Christians seem to shy away and don't take it seriously, okay? There's a fellow named Anton Levy. LeVay, I'm sorry, Anton LeVay, and he's the founder of the Church of Satan. He said, well, Pastor Cobb, you're going to talk about, you know, Satanism in this sermon. You know, well, let me tell you something. Jesus and God talked about Satan, very much so. Jesus and God talked about Satan, but we Christians, many pastors don't want to talk about it because they're afraid that people rise. And, oh gosh, he talked about the devil in the church service. Well, God talked about the devil. Jesus talked about the devil and warned us about what he can do in our lives. And so, yes, I'm going to bring it into this because it is my will. The Lord put this, put this message on my Bible, on my spirit. There's someone out there that needs to hear this so they can start making a decision and maybe make some mid-course corrections in their lives, dealing with their children and their lives also. Amen. So this gentleman named Anton um, LaVey. He was the founder of the Church of Satan and author, author of the Satanic Bible, Satan Speaks, and the Devil's Notebooks. These are uh, three of the few, several books that he, that he wrote. And he said that by dressing up, either by wearing a costume or coloring oneself for Halloween, is tantamount to worshiping the devil. Okay, now I'm going to read this again because I, this is a quote. Okay, okay, but said that by dressing up, either by wearing a costume or coloring oneself for Halloween, is tantamount to worshiping the devil or is equal to worshiping the devil. Okay, Anton LaVey, or similar to close to worshiping the devil, Anton LaVey himself declared that by dressing up, either by wearing a costume or by coloring oneself in celebration of Halloween, signifies that you allow Satan to own you. Hear what I'm saying? By dressing up or coloring yourself, me in other words, putting on makeup and things like that, okay, signifies that at that particular time, you are allowing Satan to get into your life and to own you. He further said that when you adopt the pagan practices, you subconsciously, you subconsciously dedicate yourself to the devil. 
He took joy in Christians who take part in the, tradi in the uh, tradition. Okay, Anton LaVey, he took joy in Christians who take part in the tradition, saying, and I quote, I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. Welcome to Halloween. Okay, now this is the guy that created the Church of Satan. I mean, he is very serious about this, and he understands the spiritual realities of what is involved when you start dabbling and playing this dress-up game, this dress-up time in costumes and so on. He says, I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. Welcome to Halloween. All right? LeVay's statement is corroborated, it's backed up by a former Satanist, former Satanist, and you can look this up online, um, John Ramirez who said that when you dress up even as an angel or a mermaid for Halloween, you give the devil the legal rights to change your identity. Ramirez further warned that there's a much darker reality in Halloween beyond costumes and candy. Okay, now this, again, you can look this up online, all right? His name is John Ramirez. He said that when you dress up as an, as a, and even as an angel or a mermaid for Halloween, you give the devil the legal rights to change your identity. Ramirez further warned that there's a much darker reality in Halloween beyond costumes and candy. The former Satanist, the former Satanist turned Christian pastor, all right? He was formerly a Satanist and he became a pastor, said in an interview on CBS News on October 20th, 2018. This is a matter of record. You can look it up. Matter of record. He said, I was a general to the kingdom of darkness in witchcraft. I was a general to the kingdom of darkness and witchcraft. I would sit with the devil and talk to him like I'm talking to you today. It was that kind of communication. It was that kind of relationship. Okay? Now, here's a man who God, thank God, he came to his senses and he denounced all of this and he became, became a Christian. He accepted Jesus into his life, asked Jesus to accept into his life. He gave himself to the Lord and now he's a pastor. He became a pastor and so forth, but he was a, a, a former Satanist. And he is telling you this, that these are spiritual realities. These are spiritual realities. And it says that, that, that even if you wind up, wind up dressing like that, you are, it's tantamount to you worshiping the devil, you know, or it's close to you worshiping the devil, very close to you worshiping the devil because you are you are agreeing spiritually subconsciously you are agreeing with the times that are going on you are agreeing with the activities that are taking place during that time of year okay and the time of year is important okay these are deep spiritual realities here open your eyes and let god talk to you open your eyes and your spirit and let the holy spirit minister to you these are very 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 dangerous times spiritually if you don't know what you're doing and if you if you don't know the word of god and you're not willing to follow the word of god don't be worried about what man is telling you to do or what you what, what johnny next door is doing what your, your kids friends are doing all the parents you are responsible for your kids you're not responsible for other people's kids you're responsible for, for your kids and for you to have this knowledge and to knowingly let them go and participate when this is going on i'm going to tell you more when this is going on spiritually then you're not being a very good parent i'm sorry you're not being a very good parent okay okay you're putting the the, the, the pressure of those you don't let your kids participate in halloween oh my gosh shame on you none of our kids our kids are grown. Our kids have given us children, grandchildren, and, and whatnot. Our kids did not participate in, in, in Halloween. They're not any. They weren't any any worse for wear. They certainly didn't go around moping and 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 crying and carrying on like that because it didn't go. Our grandchildren don't participate in Halloween, okay? And they are well-rounded children, and they don't look down and out during this time of year, okay? But we decided a long time ago to follow what the Word of God, what the Word of God says. And you know something? You know God works in in, in, in funny ways. God will bring this revelation knowledge to you, and you back it up by reading the Bible and by praying about it. God opens your eyes, and then when you start doing what God is telling you to do, you'd be surprised at how you're blessed and how your children are blessed, okay? And and very similar to what they're saying here, what these guys were saying here, um, I celebrated Halloween, Halloween when I was a kid, okay? Okay, my parents were, were Christian and so forth like that. We went to church and so on, but they just didn't know. They just didn't know, and we celebrated Halloween. But as I grew up and everything and started really getting, becoming a student of the Bible and studying the Word, and the, the Lord had His hands on me and was pulling me in a, in a very specific direction, then my eyes were open. And once I became uh, aware of the truth, and then I went back and spoke with my mom and dad, and, they, and to them, they were like, wow, we had no idea. And they didn't know, you know. And 
I grew up and as I grew, I got away from it and so forth. And now today, uh, back then, I certainly didn't know the Lord was calling me to preach. That was the furthest thing from my mind. But the Lord opens your eyes. I mean, the Lord opens your eyes to things. You need to take heed, you know, and, and pass the word along. That's what we are supposed to all do, all of us Christians. All of us don't have to be pastors and preachers to pass the word of God. We are all ministers. So that means once that the word of God, once we are enlightened as to what the word of God is really saying and we understand it, then we have a, a duty, a moral responsibility to pass that on. And so that's what I'm doing to you today because as it came upon me, and of course I passed it on to my children and my children on to their children, to our grandchildren and so forth. So when you become aware, you need to wake up and do something about it because these are real people here. These are Satanists here. One became a pastor and everything. He was telling us about the spiritual realities of celebrating this thing called Halloween that is so attractive and so appealing to, to, uh, to the whole world, okay? The Word of God reminds us, uh, you are the light. You are the light of the world. A city set, uh, set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light, your light, your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. That's Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. Amen, amen, okay? So, so we are a light. We are to let our light shine, okay? Once you become aware of what the Word of God is saying, then your light should shine as an example to others because as you are doing that, then you are doing what God wants you to do, and that is glorifying Him. Okay, glorifying him. Therefore, Christian believers have the moral responsibility to educate their children regarding the evil, the evil that comes with Halloween, you know, pumpkins, costumes, and a trick-or-treat tradition. You know, adults should likewise lead by example to the young ones. Amen? We should lead by example. Halloween is based on ancient, ancient Druidic pagan practices that involved, among many things, witchcraft, praying for and to the dead, and other forms of divination. And we just read where the Bible says to stay away from those sort of, sort of things, okay? But the Druids, the ancient Druids, you know, their pagan practices had them to do that. Man has always been attracted to these kinds of demonic influence because it pulls man away from God, okay? Man has always been attracted to those things because it pulls pulls man away away from God. Okay, God is the source of all of our information. God is the source of our knowledge. God is the source of guiding our lives. But getting involved with this pulls us away because it pulls us to to seek enjoyment, to find pleasure in doing things that are away from God, which is the same thing that Eve, that Satan did to Eve in the garden. Amen. Man has always wanted to know things of the future without relying on God to reveal those things to him. You know. The, Tarot cards, Ouija board, all of those things are trying to know things of the future. All sorts of palm reading, you know, horoscopes, you know, you want to know something outside of outside of, uh, uh, what God would have you to know, outside of what God would be uh, telling you or ready to tell you. You know, I know some, some people, man, they can't get up, they have their coffee, and then they wind up, they have to uh, look at the horoscope in the newspaper, and nowadays on the phones, because you have it on your on your, your phone and your iPad. So people can't get into the day, daily routine until they do that. They look for knowledge. How is my day going to go? Well, ask God how your day is going to go. Okay, don't be looking to some, you know, some tea leaves or anything else to be figuring out what, how your day or your week is going to be. Okay, now what does this have to do with a harmless time, quote unquote, like Halloween? Well, to many, this is a very serious time of year, as I said before, and many are deceived that it is harmless. Many are deceived that it is harmless. You know, and I am really, really taken aback when I see this time of year. There's so many churches now, they, because of COVID-19, they develop this thing called trunk or treat, you know, and I see so many churches that are advertising and trunk or treat, treat for, for Halloween Sunday and so forth, you know. And, and of course, if you talk to the pastors or the congregation, oh, we dress our kids up again as little prophets or little biblical figures or whatever. What did Anton LaVey, the, the creator of the Church of Satan, say? Say that if you're participating in this time, you are subconsciously allowing yourself to be worshiping, to be worshiping along with the pagan, along with Satan, all right? So even if you supposedly are doing this thing here and, it's, and you think it's innocent, you're not dressing up as a ghost or a witch or anything like that, to color your face, as he said, or to put on a costume is tantamount to you worshiping along with these people who believe very much so in the deep, dark spiritual influences that are prevalent during this time of year, especially on that particular day, okay? And we're going to get more into that. Believe it or not, Halloween, believe it or not, Halloween is a quote-unquote religious holiday belonging to the Roman Catholic Church, okay? Now, some of you may have heard some of this history before, but I, I pray that you will bear bear with me and, and follow. Don't don't tune off, but listen to this and, and let Holy Spirit minister to you so that you can see how real 
how real this stuff is, okay? Halloween is a religious holiday. I put that in quote, being that it belonged to the Roman Catholic Church. Halloween's origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of, of Samhain. Actually, it's pronounced Samhain, okay? You've probably seen the word Samhain, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Samhain. The Celts, who lived approximately 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and Northern France, they celebrated their New Year on November 1st. They celebrated the New Year on November 1st. Samhain, or Samhain, is actually the most important Sabbath. Okay, on November 1st is their most important Sabbath. Interesting, the word Sabbath there, like Sabbath, is their most important Sabbath on the pagan wheel of the year. The pagans have an actual wheel, okay, and along that wheel are these, these eight pagan holidays, okay? There are eight Sabbaths, eight Sabbaths. Four of those Sabbaths on that wheel, on that wheel, actually fall on the beginning of the seasons, okay? Beginning of the four seasons that we have, those four on that wheel, on that satanic wheel, there are four, four of those are, are, are Sabbaths that fall on the be, uh, beginning of the seasons of the year. The seasons, as we know them, fall, summer, winter, and spring, are called equinoxes and solstices, solstices. The four that are on that wheel are Yule, which is December 21st to 23rd, which falls along with the winter solstice or the beginning of winter. The other one is Ostara, which is March 19th to 22nd, which is, which is the spring, which is springtime, or it's called the vernal equinox in science, the vernal equinox. And then there's Letha, which is June 19th to the 23rd, which falls in line with the summer solstice. And then there's Mayban, which is September 21st to the 24th, and that's the autumnal equinox, or fall as we know it, okay? So this wheel that they have actually covers the entire year. And Samhain, or Samhain, is the most important one that is on that wheel because it marks and indicates it is the beginning of their, of their new year, the beginning of their year. Samhain marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the new year, which marked the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death, okay? They felt that this was the time the earth was going into the winter time, and it was dark and cold, and things were dying, and they associated very much with human death. The Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred, okay? They believed, they believed that there was a separation between the world of the living and the world of the dead, but at that particular time, that, that, that dividing line became very, very thin. It was blurred, okay? That kept those two worlds apart. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, or Samhain, when it was believed that the spirits of the dead returned to earth, okay? You see how much it's dealing with death, all right? In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, the Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids, who were the Celtic priests, made it easier for the Druids to make predictions about the future. Again, that goes against Deuteronomy 18, verses 10 to 12, which tells, tells us don't, don't, don't be involved with charmers, divination, etc., etc. But they felt that because of that time of year, they could make predictions. These are the Druidic priests could make predictions about the future, again, away from God, dabbling in things that are away from God and that God tells us specifically do not be involved with. For people that were entirely dependent on the unpredictable, harsh, natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comforting during the long, dark, dark winter. You know, it was hard enough. You know, we know today how difficult it can be to be a farmer, you know. And if you're living in a land where the winters are particularly harsh, you do, you do not know what it's going to bring for your life, you know. I mean, you may have made it through harvest and you have your crops, but now this dark, cold winter that you're going to go through, you do not know what, what life is going to bring you, what's going to come your way. So therefore, they found divination. They went to these Druid, Druidic priests, these are the Celts, the people, the Celts. They went to them to, to prognosticate, to, 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 uh, to define what the winter was going to bring for them because they were so uncertain. They didn't go to God because they didn't worship the true and only one God. Okay, they worshiped a host of other gods, all right? So therefore, this is where they were looking, looking to for, uh, for help and for hope. Okay, all right, to commemorate the event, the Druids built huge sacred uh, bonfires where the people gathered together to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. Okay, this is what's going on this time of year. All right, okay, they're actually building these bonfires. You may have seen in some places and some locations, even still today, you know, they think it's fun. They build bonfires and they'll dance around it at Halloween time and they think it's fun. They have no real, no, they have, they have no idea what they're dabbling in because the spiritual realm is very, very active, the spiritual realm of darkness. Now, you think that, you know, I'm talking about some science fiction stuff here or whatever, some horror movie. No, Saint, this is real. This is why God told us to stay away from these things, His Word. 
God would not have, have told us this explicitly to stay away from these things if there was not a, a, a risk to our spiritual and physical well-being, okay? So that's what they did. They built these hearts, these large uh, bonfires, and they sacrificed crops and animals to, the, to their gods, not to our god, to their gods. During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes. During the celebration, the, the Celts wore costumes, typically consisting of animal heads and skins, and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. Again, this is divination, but this was part of the ceremony. This was, this was part of the festivities. When the celebration was over, they relit their home fireplace, which they had put out earlier. They relit their home fireplaces um, uh, from the big sacred bonfire that they had built outside. Okay, so they put out their fireplaces, and then when the when the uh, festivities are over, they they go take fire from that huge sacrificial fire they had burning. They bring that flame back into their homes to relight their fireplaces to help protect them from uh, during the coming winter. Okay, these are all the things that they did. They they did not pray to our God obviously, and all these other gods that they were praying to. So you see that there's a methodology here where they are worshiping outside of our God, okay? And then by 43 AD, by 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of, of Celtic territory, and in the course of the 400 years that they ruled the Celtic lands, the Romans, uh, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the traditional Celtic celebration of Samhain, okay, of Samhain, all right? So, so the Romans came in now, all right, because they, they took over rule of that land, all right? They, they involved two festivals of Roman origin. They combined it with the traditional Celtic celebration of Samhain. The second... The first day was called Feralia, a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. See how so much is focusing on the dead? All right. The second was a day to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. See all these gods and goddesses. The Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple, and the incorporation of the celebration into Samhain probably explains the how they came to the tradition of bobbing for apples that are so popular today uh, that is practiced on Halloween, okay? All right, so they think, they think that's where the bobbing for apples practice came from, bobbing for apples came from. So you see so you see the history here, the Roman Empire taking over the Celtic land, taking what the Celts did and trying to merge it in with what they were doing, the Romans were doing. On May 13th, 609 A.D., Pope Fourth. Pope Boniface IV dedicated the Pantheon. Are you familiar with the Pantheon? You've seen the ruins of the Pantheon on TV, I'm sure, someplace on the movies. Okay, uh, they, Pope Boniface dedicated the Pantheon in Rome in honor of all Christian martyrs. The Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day was established in the Western Church, and Pope Gregory III later expanded the festival to include all saints as well as all martyrs. Okay. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread into Celtic lands, where it gradually blended with and replaced other, older Celtic rites. In 1000 AD, the church made November 1st All Souls Day. Here we go now. Okay, made November 1st All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead. Again, honoring the dead, honoring the dead. Necromancy, necromancy. You shall not be involved with necromancy and necromancers. It's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic festival of the dead with a related church-approved holiday. Okay, so again, this is where the Pope now is trying to take these Celtic rites and, and ways of worshiping and ways of celebrating and merge it in with a, what was a so-called Christian, fest, Christian festival. Going back here, of course, was the Roman Catholic Church. All Souls Day, All Souls Day was celebrated similarly to Samhain, okay? All Souls Day was similarly celebrated to Samhain with big bonfires, parades, and dressing up in costumes as saints, angels, and devils, okay? Way back then, we're talking about 1000 AD now, all right? This is how they were celebrating this demonic holiday that they took the Celts, Druidic, pagan practices, merged it with, with what the, the Romans were worshiping, okay? And they merged it together, and now they're making this a holiday, but they're doing the same things that the Celtics did during Samhain celebration dressing up in costumes, saints, angels, and devils. The All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallowmas, and the night before it, the traditional night of Samhain in the Celtic religion began to be called All Hallows Eve, and eventually it evolved to becoming Halloween. All right? So now we see 
at the that at the root of this thing that we call Halloween, All Souls Day, All Hallows Day, and the day before, it all ties in with that same exact day of the year that the Celtics and the Druids were celebrating Samhain, which was typically, typically, typically focusing on death and demonic activities, okay, the divination and everything else that's going on. All right, so this is what we are worshiping here in the modern times on Halloween on that day, and everybody says that because of the fact that it's always oh, only fun and games. We only dress up as little little angels and things like that. What did they say? That they they dressed up as angels, as devils and saints and things. This is how they dressed up during the, that pagan celebration, okay? So when you're letting your kids do that, you're doing the exact same thing that they were doing back then, okay? Except that now it's been highly commercialized, okay? You notice that in, in what, mid-September perhaps, or maybe even sooner, the stores start filling up with Halloween candy. You see all the black and, black and orange decorations going up. Some people are putting black and orange decorations in front of their houses, just like they do on Christmas time. It's a very, very commercial time of year. Halloween is a very commercial day, you know, and people really gear up for these celebrations. And to, to my amazement, again, and now, especially today with COVID, we see so many trunk or treat activities going on, you know, and, and I do notice, at least here in my neighborhood, the number of kids actually going door to door has declined, but there are still a few out there, you know, but parents are there doing it. And they think now because of the fact that the parents are taking them house to house, that it's safer and all that sort of thing. You are still involved in a spiritual reality here, involved in a spiritual reality. As the Satanist said, that to be involved with this, okay, he welcomes the fact, he welcomes the fact that parents are letting their kids participate in Halloween because it means that they are participating in demonic activity and they don't even realize it. They don't even realize it, okay? So clearly, if those practice these arts, these arts have any power, you know, beyond beyond being deceivers, being great deceivers, it is not a gift from God. Okay, it is not a gift a gift from God, as some even falsely claim. Okay, this is not something that God would ordain for us to do. Not at all. The Bible condemns and forbids these practices several times. Go to Deuteronomy 18, which we read, Isaiah 44, 25, Jeremiah 27, 9, 2 Kings 21, 6. Uh, uh, 23 and 24, uh, 23, uh, verse 24, all right? There are many, many, many scriptures. Divination and spiritism were despised practices of the heathens. You know, Ezekiel, Isaiah, 1 Samuel talks all about these things, okay? Okay, that God warns us about and demonstrates what they were doing back in those biblical days, okay? Scripture says that one of the reasons that King Saul died was because he consulted a medium, for guidance, okay, rather than God. You can see that in 1 Chronicles 10, chapter 10, okay? All right, God is very serious about staying away from this sort of thing. Those who follow the path of the magic arts are on the wrong path, a road that leads away from God, okay? A road that leads away from God, not toward him. In one way or another, the end will be a disaster if you continue on a path like that. The evil queen uh, uh, Jezebel, she practiced witchcraft, 2 Kings 9, uh, bringing catastrophe on herself and all of Israel. All right, there are many, many kings that in the Bible that, that, that involved that were involved with Baal and all sorts of other demonic practices, and God directly told them not to be involved. Over and over, God denounces those who conjure spells. Okay? God denounces those who conjure spells and those who practice witchcraft and sorcery. The Bible says that anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. So Deuteronomy again in 2 Kings and so on. So just a reminder to rely on God's word during the season of Halloween. Amen. Reminder, rely on God's word during this time of Halloween, especially now. The devil's afoot, saints of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay? And the wild, one of the wiles of the devil, the, 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 the trickery, is deception. He deceived Eve in the garden by saying, will you surely die? And God said that if you, you will die. God is telling us today to not be involved in these demonic activities, okay? And don't be listening to your neighbors or your friends or even someone in church for that matter if they're saying, oh, it's okay, you're being too serious. This is only a fun time of year for the kids to dress up. Well, there are those that take this very, very seriously because they understand the realities of the spiritual realm. And I just read to you uh, uh, what they were saying. These are people that are actively involved in the, in, in the, uh, in the practices of darkness of the occult, particularly, particularly, 
at this particular time of year. So it's a spiritual thing that's going on here. We can't escape the spiritual realm. It is all around us. So by us consciously being involved, we are actively in, uh, uh, agreeing, if you will, to participate in the spiritual realm during this time of the year, which is, which is so active. Okay, which is so active. So don't fall victim. Don't become become a victim of this time of year. And, and, and use your own mind. Use your own mind relative to what God is telling you to do. Amen. Remember that the Satanist said, and I'm quoting again from him, I am glad, and this is a quote, I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night of the year. Welcome to Halloween. This is what he said. Okay. Again, I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night of the year. Welcome to Halloween. Don't be fooled. Don't think that just because it's trunk or treat and my church is doing it or whoever is doing it or we're just doing it in our home, you know, spiritually, this is, these are the things that matter to us spiritually. Your spiritual participation, again, is tantamount to you, to you being, being involved, to you accepting the spiritual realities that take place during this time of year. Amen. Amen. So I pray that this message was a blessing to you. I pray that it has opened your eyes. And again, you know, stop thinking about how popular it is or what other kids are doing, what other parents are letting their kids do. Stop thinking about that. Pray about it. Read what the Word of God says. Pray about it. Let Holy Spirit guide you here. Because again, spiritually, this is a very, very real reality. It's a real reality, and you don't want to be subjecting your kids or yourself to anything that this reality brings with it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you, and if it was, please pass on the uh, link to our website. We can be reached at www.genesis1, one word, www.genesis1.sermon.net. And if you look in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button. And uh, uh, that way you'll be notified when these messages are available. Amen. Let us go to prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. I pray, O oh Lord God, that with this Halloween season, coming near, O oh Lord God. I pray that your Holy Spirit will minister to people and touch people. And I pray that, O oh Lord God, that people will open their eyes and their ears, that they may see and hear what your word is saying to them, O oh Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that that deception of Satan that is so much out there, even finding its way into the, to the church, that that deception will be bound up in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord God, so that your children, O oh Lord God, will no longer be deceived, O oh Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, that your Holy Spirit will minister to their hearts and open their eyes and change their minds so that they may change their ways and not make themselves and their families and their children susceptible to the things that are afoot this time of the year, O oh Lord God. Let us all be strong to not fall and succumb to the wiles of the devil, O oh Lord, in the name, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We love you and we adore you. In the master's name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God again. Go forth and be blessed. Don't let the devil deceive you anymore. Go forth and be blessed. And always remember that Jesus is Lord.